You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in or participate in the show, please feel free to do so. You can uh, call at 608-501-0718. That's the phone number. Uh, new callers, by the way, do go directly to the front of the line, so you know you get priority and all that, because you're special. You're more important than everybody else that's been calling for days and weeks and months. I don't care about them. They're stupid. You are what matter. So call in, please, because all my callers will never call in again. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, we don't have any new callers, so let's get it started. Hey Ryan, it's Dave Steve. How are you doing, man? Good. How are you? Um, just calling in because I've been watching Hot Ones. I don't know if you ever watched Hot Ones, but no. it, it made me think about something, and I wanted to do a Tom Austin type of thing here. Not fully Tom Austin, because I actually have seen it. Now that I realize, I was thinking it was like a car show. It's the it's the hot sauce one. I've seen it. Not nearly that guy, but Tom Austin type of thing here. Favorite war movie of all time. I know you love when somebody asks you put uh, put you on the spot and ask you to name out your favorite thing of all time. But uh-huh. mine, I'm gonna say Memphis Belle is the only only movie that I know that at the end of it I'm laughing and crying at the same time. <laughs> it really seems stupid. I'm not gonna explain it. If you haven't watched it, watch Memphis Belle. Good stuff. Oh, and uh, the I, I didn't catch her name. I, I'm bad with names. I can't remember her name. But uh, the woman up in Fairbanks. Yeah. Yeah, I live in Cantwell, so we're probably not going to catch each other for any morning football games because I ain't going up to Fairbanks to watch a morning football game. It's tough up here, Ryan. You know, it's a big state. Uh, the games start early. Yeah. If you want to have a couple of drinks or do any kind of thing with your game, mm-hmm. you know, 9 o'clock start. 9 o'clock start. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, all Pack fans, take it easy. We'll catch you later. Bye. Well, maybe, Beth, if you want, head on down to, uh, what do you say, Cantwell? I, I already forgot. I, I'm not sure what he said. Um, but I hear he's got a little barbecue stand. So, you know, a little, little pulled pork, a little glass of beer or something, you know, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, I'm just trying to, I don't know what I'm trying to do. Um, favorite war movie. The first one that comes to mind is Patton. Patton is a fantastic movie. I know that's kind of a, I guess, a lazy answer, but I really do like it. One of the ones that I think is massively underrated, and I don't know if everybody else has seen it and just thought it wasn't that good or if it's just not as known, but... One of my favorites, if not my favorite, and I've only seen it maybe twice, maybe once, I don't know. Very long movie, but it's called Gods and Generals. Um, it's a Civil War movie, and it is just glorious. You got uh, Robert Duvall is Robert E. Lee. Jeff Daniels plays uh, somebody. Stephen Lang, if you know who that is, is Stonewall Jackson. I'm trying to see who else is recognizable here. Robert Byrd. Interestingly enough, that was the name of my school, Robert Byrd, I think. 
He was a Confederate general. I don't know, but it's a fantastic movie. It really, if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to do so. Um, it just really, obviously, highlights like in detail some of the the horrors of that war, which was just an absolutely viciously brutal war. You know, with the brothers killing brothers. You know, you got these. Uh, I think at one point they show how you've got people, for example, from Ireland. They'll get off the boat and they basically just hand it to get handed a gun and be like, there you go, you're fighting now. And some of them get sent south and some of them go north. And all of a sudden you've got like an Irish regiment shooting and killing some other Irishmen. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on? I don't know if it's me, I'm getting back on the boat and going back to Ireland. But I don't know, it was just something about the detail of it and, and things that maybe you didn't think about or really realize. Even even some like strategy. I think at Robert Duvall at one point kind of laid out a strategy of how he was going to defend an area. And I, I started using that in video games from now on. It's like, that's actually really smart. But yeah, that is a, that's a very good one. Three hours and 39 minutes is how long it is, by the way. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Hey. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going back through listening to Packernet After Dark uh, and some of your other episodes. I'm trying to catch up. I got a lot going on recently. And uh, I heard a call from Trucker Bob about scolding you again on you about having a conversation. And quite frankly, I haven't fully listened to you uh, give your answer in, in, in response to what he's saying. But I, I just, I just want to say this, right? I really freaking podcast and the whole pattern that after dark thing because it literally allows anybody to say whatever we say and we get something in a response from you, right? And sometimes we got a little bit of a back and forth, and you, you know. And honestly, I don't even know this whole cheese balling thing because, quite frankly, half the time I don't pay attention to who's calling. I just pay attention to the conversations. And, and sometimes you are repetitive. But here's the deal, right? We're in the middle of the off season. We we are in repetition central, right? Everything we're going to talk about, somebody's talking about, somebody said multiple times. We're going to hash stuff out back and forth. We, honestly, it's going to, until until what? We we come back for, for training camp? We're, we're not going to have much. So, fucking Bob, quite frankly, bro, he, he, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Stop being a little negative Nancy over here. You don't want to hear somebody specifically saying something. Damn near every single podcast app gives you the option to skip ahead like 30 seconds, 10 seconds, whatever it is. To use your damn thumb and skip forwards if you don't want to hear it. But to sit here and say, oh, you're going to start losing me as a customer because you're not doing exactly what I want. You know what? You want to hear somebody who blows smoke up your butthole? Go listen to some Peter Bukowski. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, dog. Brad, I love your podcast. I love the stuff you're doing. You know what? Like, sometimes people going to get butt hurt. Who cares? Who cares about them? Um... I, I don't know. I, I think we all got to be a little less uh, little less thin-skinned and stop caring so much like the world revolves around us, right? Uh, everybody's calling in to, to get a little piece of Ryan, and, you know, he's a lot more accessible to, to us than damn near every single podcaster out there. Actually, out of all of the podcasts I listen to, out of all of the content creators that I associate with on YouTube and whatnot, Ryan is the only person who actively communicates with me on Twitter, on 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 this this podcast, you know, I just God, I love the hell out of you for it. But anyway, go back though. 
Well, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, um, that that is kind of the hard part of what I'm doing because I do have to give people what they want. You know, as much as I get what you're saying, um, otherwise I'm just talking into a microphone, talking to myself. You know, so but but that's the hard part because somebody calls in, they're like, "Look, man." This whole cheese ball and thing, it's getting to be too much. I'm tired of it. It's too repetitive. It's stupid. The the reason it matters to me is because as I'm recording it, I'm like, dude, does anybody want to listen to this? I have no idea. Maybe people are like, yeah, this is great. Get him, whatever. You know, or or just from the standpoint of like, I want somebody that's bringing in the counterpoints, which is why I told him to call in to begin with. So you can blame me for that because I told him. I, I don't know. Well, I don't want to say begged him, but um, pretty close, you know, as far as... You know, I'd rather have this conversation here, um, and then he gets you know crucified on the podcast by not not just me but callers or whatnot. But but I don't know. That's the thing. And so when I start getting a bunch of calls, it's not just Trucker Bob. It's some other people. Like, look, man, it's getting to be a little too much. I don't want everybody to leave. And and that's the thing. Like pe- people generally, I, I remember this from. Uh, it comes up all the time on on one of my favorite reality shows, Kitchen Nightmares, uh, which is. Uh, now defunct show where he'd go to these restaurants and they're absolutely disgusting or whatever he try to fix them but but the point is several times you'll have owners be like you know what you don't know what you're talking about i almost never get any complaints here and he's and he says people don't usually complain they just don't come back and so you know if if i have one person calling in saying i don't like it how many people have decided i just don't want to listen to this anymore you know, or, I mean, that's the thing. We all, as even when I want to listen to a podcast, I flip through and it's like, what do I want to listen to? If the last couple for my favorite podcast haven't been great, I might just go to the next one, you know? So I do want the feedback, but at the same time, I don't know how much stock to put into one or the other or whatever. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, that's kind of the whole point is it's, it's not my podcast. It's your podcast. Talk about whatever you want. And I just kind of respond to it. And a lot of the calls do kind of bring up the same points and i find myself scrambling to try to figure out how to address the same point in a different way but um you know again then then you get to well people are calling back too many times and it's like i get it but i don't know what to do about it should i put my foot down and say you only get one or two or you know you start making a bunch of rules and it just kind of destroys the what i like about it which is you guys do whatever you want i don't care but again, I do get it. If you get some people that monopolize the show and take advantage of it and suddenly it becomes like their podcast and people don't want to listen to them or or their takes or thoughts or arguing or positive takes, negative takes, whatever it is, what do I do? So the only thing I can really think to do is to just let the calls come in. I think I'll, I'll try to use my own judgment in terms of repeat calls. You know, if, if, if you got a second one, whatever. If there's like five of them in a row, I, I, I can't because depending on how much I talk. I mean, that's happened in the past. There'll be five calls or something. And with me kind of filling in a bunch, that's the whole thing. So it was just me and this one person having a conversation and who wants to tune into that? So it's a tough spot. Even, even with the regular podcast, I'll, I'll do some different things. I'll do a segment or I'll do, you know, uh, laughing at the enemy is incredibly popular, but I know some people don't like it. So is it like a really vocal, like 10, 15 people that love it, that reach out and they're like, dude, I love it. But there are more people that don't like it that just don't say anything. So... I don't know, man. It, it's it, it just is what it is. It's really hard to get feedback. And you could say, well, just look at the numbers. Um, unfortunately, it really doesn't work that way. The numbers are very, um, I don't want to say consistent. They're, they're consistently inconsistent. I mean, if it drops 2,000 in a day, that is nothing. And plus, you don't know. You don't know what this 
podcast episode is about. So it's not like that episode is going to have low numbers. So if things start to taper, I'm not going to know why. So I, I guess what I'm saying is this podcast is going to be what it's always been, which is me doing whatever I feel like. Not a lot of structure to anything, and that's how I like it, because structure means rules, and first of all, I don't like rules to begin with, but it also means more work, more responsibility, and it's like, you know what, if you guys want to do it, I'm here, let's do it. If you don't want to do it, I don't care, I'll do something else. But feel free to call in, let me know what you think about stuff, and, and you know, if enough people call in, then, then I'll have to contemplate it. And that's what, we did have a flurry of calls, I'm guessing after the cheese ball and thing, we had, again, it wasn't just Trucker Bob, it was a bunch of other people calling in. And that's when it kind of like jolted me a little bit like, okay, all right. I think most people don't like that. So I don't know. I don't know. That, that's that's my burden to figure out how to navigate those waters. Hey, this is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. I know I called once today, but uh, <laughs> I'm checking. I had uh, just seen something on Twitter. Um, the, the three coordinators had, had spoke today, and I'm sure we're going to get a few calls on that. And you're even probably going to break it down, and you're probably even going to talk about the specific thing I want to mention. But it made me really freaking excited and then saw that Stinovich stated that Zach Tom will be competing to start at right guard, right tackle, and possibly even center. That's awesome. Uh, that's what I wanted to hear with the center part, because you can't just let... Myers be content in his centerness. He needs to compete. Right. He'll feel that that predator at the back of his heels, you know, coming for his spot. Anyway, um, that that really excited me. Uh, you probably already talked about it, but why don't you? You know, I'd love to hear sure. what your thoughts on that is because I really do like Zach Tom. Uh, also, uh, Joe, the janitor from Connecticut, mm-hmm. man. You should own that sus title, by the way. You're like the <laughs> mysterious stranger of the group. Like, we don't know, like, I believe you, but, I mean, you live a very interesting and somewhat unfortunate life at this moment. Um, but own it, man. Make that your thing. That's yeah. just, I don't know, I think it's cool. And, I mean... <clears throat> There's an ambulance on the park. I gotta go. <laughs> Can't believe I got a bleep out of Dakota call in. I was, I, I was thinking about letting it slide. Like, I don't think anybody heard that, but I don't know. We got rules, man. Rules mean work. It's probably super random, too. Just a very calm conversation with. <laughs> was there a beep there? Um. All right. Yeah. So the the offensive line. I'm just going to leave the Joe the janitor thing there. I'm sure he'll call in and tell you exactly what he thinks about what you said. I do think the center thing was overplayed. Having gone back and listened to it, I, I should pull it up, but I'm not going to. Go, you can go find it. Just go on YouTube, go to the Packers page, find the Stenovich one, it's in there. He basically was just saying that Zach Tom is going to be competing, and he said pretty much every position except center, and then he added maybe a little bit of center too, or something, something like that, where it was like, you know, whatever. And again, I think the general idea is to keep the competition open, and, and I think, to your point, that's kind of the big part of it. We don't want anyone to really feel comfortable. Again, obviously David Bakhtiari feels comfortable. He's not worried about it. But I think from a coaching standpoint, you want there to be like a little bit of like, well, you never know, man. I mean, <laughs> somebody gets good, they could take a job. Even though we all know. And you're right, it is a good thing. Because you 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 do never really know. And um, yeah, I mean, th- I think Josh Myers is about as mediocre a player as, as they come. Um, he's certainly upgradable. There's a lot of centers in the NFL that are better than he is. 
and he uh, shouldn't feel secure in that spot. But he's also like good enough that it's sort of unlikely, I think, that he loses his job. And I certainly don't really believe Zach Tom's going to win that job. And I don't think any of the coaches or Zach Tom or Josh Myers think that Zach Tom is going to be our starting center moving forward. So I think it was mostly just a, we're going to keep everything wide open as far as competition and all that. That's how we roll. That's what I want everybody to expect and believe and all that. And so I'm just going to say that. But um, I do know that, that they're serious about the open competition, and I am glad about it because there should be. There should absolutely be a... Uh, a competition and um you know i like our offensive line as it is whether it's again zach tom or yash off the right side i whatever i like it again i i think runyon can be upgraded i think yash can be upgraded i think zach tom based on what he did last year could be upgraded hopefully he upgrades himself i think josh myers can be upgraded the only two guys that i think are superstars are elton jenkins and david bakhtiari and yes i still am a firm believer in elton jenkins even as the guy that was telling you guys to pump your br- pump the brakes after like year one, I was like, I don't know, he wasn't that good. I'm a firm believer that he is a fantastic football player. I'm not worried about him taking a little bit of time to get back once he got back into the swing of things and everything. I think he was a fantastic guy. But um, I also think we got a bunch of like tier two guys, which is cool because you can mix and match and see what the best combination is. And there's always the chance that somebody kind of steps up from that tier two into a tier one. Josh Myers could take a step. Uh, Yash, I don't necessarily think he'll take a step. I think he kind of is what he is. He's a, he's a guy that you hope you have a good, good enough offensive line that he's a backup and he is a really good backup. Um, you know, Royce, I think is on that tier. He's, he's sort of a tier two guy in terms of he can start and he'll be okay, but it's not your favorite thing. Then you got guys like Hanson and, uh, Sean Ryan that you kind of hope take a step into that tier two. I'm not going to go into tiers beyond that. It's, it's tier one as in they're really good starters and you don't need to replace them tier two, which is they can start, but they either need to get better or somebody needs to be better playing in their spot. And then after that is just, you know, tier three, I guess. I'm making these up, if you can't tell, which is just not quite good enough. Maybe somewhere between backup in a pinch, but I'm scared to death, and uh, this guy will never set foot on an offensive line. But I like that we have so many guys that if they take a step forward, they could be legit and and because we have so many and this is the the benefit of taking so many swings if any one of them takes a step into that sort of we'll call it again tier one and i, I think the packers probably think they have that and in, in maybe john runyon and as a pass blocker again he is really good but um yeah we, if you have three really solid starters and then two you know again we'll call it tier two guys in addition to that 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 is a phenomenal offensive line but I, I Again, I do think this Zach Tom competing for the center spot is massively overplayed. I don't think Zach Tom is going to... Hello there. Who's the wife? Um, the heck was I saying? Oh, yeah, the, the Zach Tom to center thing I think is overplayed in terms of he'll, he'll get a shot, but he's, he's probably the right, right tackle. They'll try a bunch of different stuff, but I don't think there's anything serious about that. And I also don't think there's, there's a ton of serious competition for the center spot. Um, I, I do think that there is a potential if, for example... We have two really good guards. I think I've talked about the. Let's just pretend Sean Ryan takes a massive step forward and he is just a dominant right guard. I think it would make sense then to put Runyon at left guard. So now we got guards and we have a left tackle. Now what do we do? Well, Elton has to play somewhere. So it's either going to be Josh Myers at center and Elton Jenkins at tackle, or we put Elton Jenkins at center and Zach Tom, for example, at right tackle. If we're talking best five, it's hard to imagine that isn't it. Of course, you could try Josh Myers as a guard too, I, I suppose. But um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's it. They're just talking about how there's a lot of open competition. 
Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. I'm um, just calling in to talk about a couple of things. First of all, the Bakhtiari situation, um, because people seem to be getting just, like, wildly upset on Twitter when I say that. Um, if he's gonna, if he's gonna talk and say all these backhanded comments that I don't want him anymore, that applies to everybody. That applies to any player on this team. Um, it applied to Aaron Rodgers when Aaron decided that he was bigger than the team and wanted to throw a fit and be pissy about every damn thing that happened on this team that didn't involve him and he wasn't the center of attention. Yeah, I wanted him gone. I wanted him gone immediately. Like 2020, I wanted him gone. Um, and that's, again, any, any player. The only reason that I don't have any bad blood with Devontae is Devontae made it very clear that he did not want off of this team because he didn't like the team, because he didn't respect the team. He wanted to go play for the Raiders. He made that pretty clear. And that's why I still hold him in high regards. But guys like um, Alan Lazard, I wanted him gone so quickly as soon as he started making these, these little little slight underhanded comments about the Packers, about how they don't want him back. Nobody ever said that about him. Same thing with Bakhtiari now. Bakhtiari's like taking shots at the media team for videos that they release. He's talking like, um, you know, like we're not going to be good next year. And everybody's like, oh, they're just, they're just comments. No, they're not just comments. They're not. They're, they're nothing these guys say are just comments. Everything that they're doing is, you know, looking for their next contract. They're always trying to get something out of their social media and out of these appearances that they make. I don't know how many times you need to see that happen, where they go to other teams, where they get what they want. It's it's for a reason. And, again, if, I, if Bakhtiari is not going to be a team player and he's going to be throwing all this shit around, no, I don't want him anymore. Ship him off. I don't care. I, I know we're not like the strongest offensive line in the game. I don't care. Give give one of the uh the young guys a chance. Um that and also the Bears. Um I'm really sick of hearing how they're gonna be the most improved team uh in the NFL. Yeah, no fucking Yeah, no <laughs> you're gonna be the most improved team in the NFL. You're the worst team in the NFL. You can only go up. If you got worse, I would be fucking shocked. You brought in a bunch of free agents and a bunch of new guys. You had better be better than last year. <clears throat> Sorry. So yeah, um, okay. the Bears, Bakhtiari, clean it up, or uh, or find a new team. I don't care. Go back, go. So I think what's maybe happening with the fan base because I I do get where you're coming from is similar to what I've talked about with the players, where you kind of get tired of the same routine. You know, you get the nice coach, and then you lose respect for him, and things get sloppy, and then you bring in the skull cracker, and everybody loves it until they get tired of him being so rough, and then they, you know, it, it's just this cyclical thing. I think when we talk about the Packers heading in a new direction, the fan base is 100% there with it. There is a new team. There's a new energy. There's a new vibe. There's a new everything. And suddenly, David Bakhtiari doesn't fit it. That doesn't mean he's not a good football player. That doesn't mean he hasn't been great for us. It doesn't mean he should leave the team. But what used to be the core of the team, which was Rodgers and Bakhtiari and all these, like, veteran, you know, Devontae Adams and whatnot, and, um, you know, we, we didn't really worry. I mean, you want there to be a good dynamic, but there was no bad dynamic between Rodgers and Bakhtiari and, the, and that core group. And if anybody didn't get on board, F them, you know? Get in line, bro. There, there was sort of that get-on-my-level mentality with, with Rodgers and everybody else. This is what we do. You get on my level. Well, now the team is different. And a big part of it is these young, energetic guys. And, and there's an excitement, not just for the team, but, but the coaches and the fan base. 
for these guys that are really excited and motivated and 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 you know hardcore Packer fans now and they're dedicated and they, they they're trying to get that first check and all this stuff and Bakhtiari's kind of on the outside looking in like oh I'm stuck with all these young guys and I don't know this team and it's 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 more of that old guy veteran mentality this isn't an old guy veteran team anymore it's not like these mega rich superstars who have been there done that where it's more about you know appealing to the NFLPA about how many weeks out of the season we're going to be playing and whatnot. These are guys who maybe don't even feel comfortable enough to walk into the coach's you know, office and, and talk to him, much less kicking down the GM's door and going on national television demanding more more you know, one-on-one time with the GM or whatever kind of stuff Rodgers is, is cooking up. There are no demands. These, these, these young guys are not demanding anything because they haven't earned anything. They're just happy to be there. And look, Bakhtiari is where he is, and, and, and it's not unique to Bakhtiari. This is just how veteran guys are. I'm freaking loaded. I'm rich. I'm better than you. I'm real good. I'm at the tail end of my career. I'm going to play as long as I feel like it. And then I'm going to leave and ride off into the sunset as a mega rich superstar. And it's more about like, you know, you either appeal to me or I'm leaving. And I'm not saying Bakhtiari's doing that. I'm just saying it's, it's a different dynamic. And I think the fan base at large, you, me, and everybody else are struggling with like, it's just kind of this, like, I'm not doing it anymore. You know, you put up with it because you guys are superstars and it's like, hey, that's what it is. That's not what we're doing here anymore. And the thought about Bakhtiari having a bad attitude and possibly even poisoning the locker room, not saying he's going to, I'm just saying the thought of it, about him having that sort of ho-hum attitude. And you know how it is when, you know, it's like, imagine you got like a group of kids and you're trying to get them all excited and teach them about dinosaurs and it's so cool. Then you got one kid sitting in the corner, just like, oh yeah, super cool. You don't want that kid to influence them. Everybody else is excited. Let them be excited. But again, all this stuff, it doesn't appeal to Bakhtiari anymore. He doesn't care about this stupid crap. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm nauseous already listening, hearing, I, I, I never want to hear 111th ever again. Doing my 111th, doing my, you know who's saying that? It was funny. I was listening to that interview with Tucker Craft and, and Luke Musgrave. They were already saying it. They've been so indoctrinated, but that's the thing. They're all in. They're saying all the, all the lingo and they're do, doing all the right things and they're, they're just packers through and through. They're, they're fully indoctrinated. We need that. Let them be indoctrinated. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe not fully where you're at with David Bakhtiari, but what I'm saying is I understand where you're coming from, and I think there is that feeling from the fan base. And again, kind of communicating to people who don't understand it, that's what it is. We're moving on. And, I, and there is a, 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 despite Bears fans and everybody else saying, you don't know what's coming. No, what you don't understand is we do know what's coming, and we fully understand that we might not be a good football team, and that's okay. What matters is we move in the right direction the right way. I want the right guys doing the right things the right way. Now, I am not advocating for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the, I'll, I'll take my chances with him possibly rubbing off the wrong way and, and maybe having a bad attitude, whatever. Just shut up and go play left tackle. You want to be grumpy, go be grumpy. I don't care. But I, I, I do get where you're coming from with that, where I think that there's just sort of this, we're not doing that anymore. We're not going in that direction anymore. This is not a team run by superstars. This is about young, hungry players who are excited about being Green Bay Packers. They're just excited to be football players. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's weird because you, it's not that you don't want superstars, but you kind of don't at the same time. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need a guy going on Pat McAfee's show anymore or any big national program because you're not big enough and nobody cares about you. Good. Stay that way. It's like a mom when, when you, you know, looking at their baby, like, just stay this age forever. You're so cute. Don't ever grow up. I think that's the fan base looking at Christian Watson. <laughs> Don't ever grow up. Don't ever leave me. Don't ever become so rich and famous that you don't love me anymore. 
And I think that is the natural order of things. You, you start getting paid, you start getting disillusioned by all the rah-rah stuff, and it just becomes whatever, dude. I'm freaking awesome. I don't need to listen to you. I'll show up. I'll do my job. I'll put in the work. But this is stupid. Take your 111th and shove it. I've been doing 311ths for years now, picking up the slack of these idiots. I don't need to listen to your nonsense. But, you know, wrapping this up, um, I think we are going to have to put up with that on some level. Because that's just a veteran thing. And unless you want nothing but rookies or guys on their rookie contracts, I think you're just going to have to put up with some guys who are, you know, bigger than football. They don't need it anymore. And they don't. You ever work with a guy that doesn't need to be there? He could walk off that job any day. He's just there to fill his time. Basically retired, but just came back because he was bored. You ever walk with those guys? They don't give a crap. I'll do the job, but you're going to talk to me right. Or I will smack you in the mouth and walk off this job with a smile on my face. It's a different energy, man. They don't have to suck up, kiss up, nothing. I don't got to do nothing. Hey, I know we're uh, trying not to do like back-to-back calls, so yeah. you can like put people that had no, me. I, just, I don't really care. just do your thing. I had a legitimate question that just popped into my head, though, and I uh, I didn't want to forget. Um, so I just want to know, because the Bears are obviously talking uh, about how good they're going to be. I want to know what the best team um, after going bottom of the league was. So, like, I know nobody has ever gone worst to first. Uh, you know, nobody's ever like come back out and been the best team in the NFL. But what is what is like the absolute cap that has ever happened? Because I don't I don't believe I've ever known, at least in my lifetime, a team to be bottom of the league and then you know be even even a, a remotely scary team. Like they usually go from being you know 32 to maybe like a 25. Like they get a little bit better, but they're you know still pretty bad for a year or so. Um, so I guess I'm curious about, uh, about that. And then also, um, I, I had, cause I kind of talked about Devontae. I know he's now talking about wanting off the team and I know there's going to be people saying, well, why don't we see if he wants to come back to green Bay? No, no, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't really want to be here anymore. And that was when we had Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to want to come back with a young quarterback and all these young young receivers, he's not gonna want to do it. So just let him let him go be himself. Um he'll find a team. It's no bad blood between us. Um but dude's on his last contract. He's not he's not gonna be getting uh you know, he might get one more after this, but like with his age, he's you don't play past thirty uh in this league unless you're generally a quarterback. I, I know some people can do it. But you see a big drop off. You see a big drop off. So yeah, he could play till into his thirties, but it won't be very far into his thirties. Not as his position. So um, let him go find that uh, that team that wants to finish up the contract with him. Okay, so I'm cheating a little bit because I don't really know where to even look that up, and I'm just asking the robot. Um, the best example, assuming this is even right, I'll look it up. Got to be careful. Sometimes the uh, the robots lie. So the four and twelve. St. Louis Rams in 1998 went on to be the um, 13 and three greatest show on turf Super Bowl champion um, St. Louis Rams the next year. So from the literal worst team in football to the literal best team in football in 1999. Um, so I asked for examples after that. A couple other examples: we've got the 2007 to 2008 Miami Dolphins. And then the 2012 to 2013 Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they started off 2-14 and 14 the year prior and 
it froze, so I don't know what it after that. I don't care. But the bottom line is there are a handful of examples. Um, I'm, I'm, I was going to say I'm not worried about the Bears being that because I'm not even going to say that they can't be that because I don't think that that's necessarily true. Obviously, the biggest piece is the quarterback. Justin Fields goes on to be a phenomenal passer on top of what he already did. We know they're a pretty good rushing team. The offensive line is built to run block, and I honestly think they're not the worst pass blocking line. They weren't last year either. Um, if Darnell Mooney kind of jumps back to what he was and is still the number two on top of DJ Moore, they've got a couple good wide receivers. Cole Komet takes another step in year three. I think it's year three. The defense, though, I, I struggle to imagine is going to be anything even competent. But um, yeah, it's just there really isn't a lot of reason to be optimistic. Uh, Bears fans are, are, and they're getting super chirpy, and I don't really know why. Uh, maybe it's just borderline trolling at this point for them. I don't really know. But anyways, why don't we take a break? We'll come back and see what Kyle has got going on. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Ryan. Kyle from Madison. Hi. So I just got around to listen to your reply uh, a couple days ago to our... Uh, Stat nerds versus football guys. We got into some AI discussion. And I want to call back because it really got me thinking, you know, what is the application of this, the real world application of this? And you mentioned, you know, maybe you're tracking the guys. And I think we were kind of coming at it from a long-term future uh, predictive model. And I really got to thinking what the, what the early 
real world application of this will likely be. And I, I started thinking, I do think we're going to see this as an extension of analytics. And I know this is going to get you on an AI tangent. Oh I'm here for it personally. Some people might not be, but I really think, you know, you're going to ignore this kind of thing at your own peril as an organization. Right. Uh, because I do think this is the, it's, an, it's the new analytics in air quotes, right? Um, and an example I thought of was, because uh, I think at the end of the day, you can reduce offenses versus defenses and vice versa into mathematics. Yes, within the margins, the players have to play, and that's always going to be a wild card in these models. But I could see a scenario where, similar to how they're getting those videos on the Microsoft Surface on the sidelines, and they're looking at coverage holes and things, I could see an AI, you know, heat mapping that in real time and plugging in to the headset of the coach or whoever based on down and distance, almost like a really souped-up, version of the Madden, yeah, I was you know, just thinking that. Uh, I, I haven't played Madden in like 10 call. years, yeah. it's been garbage, but I believe it was like Ask Madden, or, right, you know, right, right. it would suggest a play call for you, right. and usually it didn't work, but <laughs> an effective version of that, where your AI could real-time heat map your coverages, how they're reacting to down and distance, and actually plug in a couple of plays for you um, in real time, and plus the advantage of AI, AI is it takes the emotion out of it. It takes the emotion out of those play calls, and I just think that I think we're going to see that. So I'd be interested in your reaction to that, and keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I, I mean, that that is something like you were alluding to that could probably happen right now. Um, just from the standpoint, I mean, it's just it is just data, and that's what football player or, or coaches and whatnot do, anyways. Is it's I guess you could look at it as probabilities that they're going to call a certain play, and then what would be the right play to call in that instance? So the, the, the robot would be able to instantly know, you know, as, as fast as we could plug in the information, what the current down and distance, like what the result of the last play was. It's also been tracking what they've been doing. But also it has all the data of what this team has done over the last year, two years, whatever, to be able to predict out what, what is most likely that they're going to call. And based on that, and, and, and that's the other thing. It, so let's say there's a 40% that they call this coverage. So there's here are seven, eight, nine plays that'll work great. There's a 35% that they call this. Well, there are four plays that overlap these two. You know what I mean? So it can kind of go through and say this is the best. There's, there's a 68% chance that this play is going to be a great call against what they're likely to call. So, I mean, stuff like that. And you said, well, that takes some of the fun out of it or it takes some of the whatever. Oh, well, <laughs> sucks to be an NFL head coach, I guess. Because like you said, it's it's at your own peril to ignore it. Because while you want to talk about how that shouldn't be that way or whatever, all it takes is one team to do it and to start succeeding in it for it to start taking over. And it wouldn't be like the coach doing it. it would be You'd have your quote-unquote analytics guy up in the up in the top booth or whatever, and you could even run experiments on it. You could completely ignore it and have no impact on it. This person doesn't even talk to the coach. The coach calls the game as it is, but this person would act as a as a coach and would chart out on this play. We I you know The robot said we should have called this play, and, the, and, and we can compare it out. I called this. The robot called this. What would have been a better play call? What did the robot predict that the the defense would have been running? Just to kind of compare the models and see how accurate it would be, because 
just for even if the the robot let's call it doesn't call the plays just to be able to have something that the coach can have in his hands as far as a little tablet or whatever that pops up the percentages that they're going to call these plays just to kind of free your mind up because it's really hard in the moment you you've got to call a play right now to be thinking okay i know we did a bunch of meetings on on their tendencies and um there's there's a i think they were going to run like they, they usually run this on like third and short but we've also like you know they, they ran that a couple times you know you can't keep up with that but the robot can and it can just pop it up instantly on your thing and it could even correspond to the notes that you took you know in, in these situations i want to do this out of the whatever it, it can be a, a combination of all those things but just to be able to have an automatic you know 50% they call this, 22% they call this, 5% they call that, you know, whatever, that these are going to be the calls, the the defensive calls that they're going to make in this situation just to free up the offensive coordinator or head coach, the, the play caller's mind to not focus on um, those types of things that a robot can do for you to track all those things for you. Uh, and you can focus on play calling. And just say, okay, if they if they run these things, I got a I got a perfect play for it. you. Just glance down at it and say, okay, twenty five for this, fifteen for this, thirteen for this. If they run any of these three top plays, this call right here is going to kill it. Now the the players have to go out and execute, but that's the point either way. So yeah, I I think those are the kinds of things that that AI is is already able to do and will continue to do at a better level. It's just going to take a. I mean, look at what PFF did. They they just had a bunch of people um, manually entering data into a computer, and then they, they're selling that currently to NFL teams. It's just data that gets plugged into a, a machine. Um, if they can start plugging that stuff in and having computers have a company start to where we can plug in information um, and it analyzes trends and data. And, um, and the, the other thing, you did get me on a thing uh, here, the other thing that you could do is it could help you to figure out how to better um, to to improve your your offense. And this is probably something that already kind of happens in terms of uh, finding out tendencies of other teams and where they have success. But again, rather than you having to do anything manually, and this is the the big part of what AI is able to do right now is take away some of the manual work. Um, you can simply plug in what you're doing, where you're succeeding, and where you're failing. And if it has all the tendencies of all the other things, it can analyze the plays that you run and say, okay, well, here's here's what a lot of other teams are doing that are succeeding with these kinds of things. Here's the formation and the play calls and these kinds of things if you tried that or whatever. And you can plug it in and try it. Right? We don't we don't currently have that in the playbook, but you know, we could we could try to run something like that or a little bit more like that, or even even from a drafting standpoint, you know, we, we don't run that because we don't have this piece. Well, maybe we should go out and find that piece then. Whether that's in free agency right now in the middle of the season, make a trade, or um, you know, to to draft for the future or whatever the case may be, because if this is where we're struggling and this is what the league is doing to counteract that, then we need to go out and find that. And again, this is all stuff that can be done manually, but if if you can cover more ground if rather than spending an entire week trying to put this together, you can plug the data into a robot, which already has the data preloaded into it, and simply output an answer to a question that you have. And that's that's the other beautiful thing about these robots is it's not like Google search where you're trying to find the right words. or what You just ask a question. 
we're struggling in these situations and it can output these things or or you can ask it you know what are what are the the chiefs and the bills and all these teams the most successful teams the teams that succeed the most on third and short inside the 20 who are they and what are they doing to succeed in those situations here are the five teams here are the plays that they run bing bang boom just like that so yeah i mean and and again it's just a matter of time if that isn't already in the works it's just a matter of time because the the options that you can do with that are limitless and it's it's obviously just going to free up so much time, which is going to make you better at what you do. If something that took you weeks takes you 30 seconds, how much can you do in a week now? Hey, Ryan. It's Peter Thomas. Hey. I'm driving up to Green Bay from Milwaukee for a funeral today. Sorry. And I'm noticing that all the billboards with Aaron Rodgers have been taken down. Makes sense. <laughs> there used to be a stretch of five Bergstrom billboards with its face on it, which usually got me excited to head up to Lambo. But now they're just plain old stupid billboards. <laughs> Anyways, I'm thinking I might hit up the uh, pro shop today, buddy. Nice. Trying to get myself a Simone Biles jersey. <laughs> I'll call on my way back and let you know what I saw at the shop. Go pack. Have a good day. That is such a funny situation with the Simone Biles thing. Feel bad for the guy who, you know, nobody cares about. But, um, you know, I actually had paid for billboards going up to Lambeau, like prior to a game and coming back from Lambeau after the game. Try to time it out that way. I was hoping at some point somebody would call and be like, hey, I saw the, the no, I don't know if anybody ever saw it. I have no idea. If you happen to have seen a Packernet billboard at any point in your life, you should call in and let me know because... It didn't cost a lot of money, but it still sucks to if, if zero people ever saw it. Hey, Ryan, it's Brian from Illinois. Hi. Just wanted to thank you for all the solid information. I use all the information you cover for my fantasy football. I know it's not everyone, not everyone's cup of tea, but man, if you follow along and you really hit some gems because you dive so deep, so I wanted to thank you and your crew because Clayton all of them they hit on random guys that you just later in well I do a dynasty draft and I always pull out some killers um also I wanted to say I know we've been bringing up songs to t- uh to kind of base our team off of I'm keeping it simple just killing in the name of by rage against the machine there you go and I kind of, in my head, imagine like throwing all those big hit clips while the build up of the song. And as soon as he says "killing" in the name of "boom," fireworks, the team starts running out on the field. That's that kind of hypes me up right there. there um, and that goes into the next thing. I was kind of waiting till the season started to bring this up, but man, I hope this year our fans go bananas when our team is out there. They're so young, I they're probably easy to get jacked up. And I just hope Bears Packers, we show up to that. We fire those boys up. Then we hit our first home game with well, after what is it? Bears someone of uh, Falcons or something. And then yeah, first home game, Saints, boom, they hit the field, we get freaking bananas on them and just show these young kids 
We are rooting for them. We're behind them. Just give them that extra fire. All right, talk to you later. But yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, again, that kind of goes to that whole new energy thing. And I will say, if fans are going to uh, want to start kicking players off the team because they they don't have the right energy, but don't want to show up to the games and and provide that same energy from the stands, I don't think they should talk. You know, I don't want to hear anybody sitting in their seat saying, "Hey, David Bakhtiari isn't bringing the right energy." No, that that ain't going to do it for me. Anyways, um, a little bit short, but I'm going to have to cut it off there. I got to get going. You folks have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.